For those of you who may not be familiar with who I am, I'm Mike Benson. I'm the uh, on-board evangelist here at Resurrection Life Church. I have the awesome honor and privilege of leading the Conquerors International Strength Team, which is a group of athletes who travel all over the world, and we have every little boy's dream job. We get to break stuff for a living, and we don't get in trouble for it. Used to be malicious destruction of property, now it's ministry. And uh, we just got back from the nation of the Philippines uh, two weeks ago, and we had over 15,000 people make decisions for Jesus Christ. Woo-hoo! Bam! And we had 94 Bible studies started, three churches planted, a bunch of people got healed, and it's a record year for us. We've got over 30,000 people who made decisions for Jesus this year, and we still got some time left. And our heart and our goal is to kick the devil's butt everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Because I don't know if you noticed or not, but we're, we're in the midst of a war right now. It's not a physical war. It's not a political war. Who cares what Kim Jong-un or whatever his name is is saying over there? We know who our real enemy is. So tonight I want to talk to you about weapons for war. Weapons are used in warfare. And in Revelations 12, 11, it says in the Amplified Bible, and they have overcome, conquered him by means of the blood of the lamb and by the utterance of their testimony. For they did not love and cling to life even when faced with death, holding their lives cheap till they had to die for their witnessing. Let me tell you, one of the most powerful weapons in your arsenal is your testimony. It's what God has done to you, in you, and through you. You should share it whenever you can. I've used my testimony all over this planet. I was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. I was involved in drugs and alcohol. At the age of 16, I committed an armed bank robbery or illegal withdrawal from a financial institution. You want to put a white-collar bend to it? (laughs) Spent 11 years of my life in prison, and I met the lover of my soul in the darkest place in prison. He saved me. He washed me. He set me free. Eight months later, I was married to my beautiful wife, Stephanie. Let me tell you, I married up. (laughs) And uh, I've now got a beautiful family. But my testimony is a testimony of what God can do in and through me And in your life as well. And the Bible says they did not love their lives to the death. They they were willing to lay their lives down for their testimony. Our brothers and sisters all over the world are literally giving their lives for the name of Jesus Christ. Um, We are all ruled by our words. Our words create our life. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And in the realm of the spirit, that is how warfare is conducted, is by words. The enemy uses words against you all the time. He's the accuser of the brethren. He was always condemning you, always pointing out your weakness, always pointing out your flaws, always telling you that you're not good enough, that you don't pray enough, that you don't attend church enough, that you don't do this enough, that you don't do that enough. He's always constantly berating and badgering every one of us. 
So we need to use the word of God and go thermonuclear on the enemy and put him in his place. We need to wake up in the morning, if you're married, and prophesy over each other. Prophesy the Lord's will over each other. I know me and my wife, we've had intense fellowship at times. (laughs) And we're all guilty of using our words, our weapons against each other. But now is the time to fight. Because we're not fighting for just us and our families. We're fighting for the future of those babies that we dedicated this morning, to tonight. They get to grow up in a world that's going to be shaped by the church or it's going to be shaped by the world. And so it's time for the church to rise up and go to war. Psalm 149.6, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it, for death or for life. Matthew 8.16, when the evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you that we have seen people healed, miraculously healed, all over the world, and even here in America. Just this morning, I was up in Traverse City, a lady who had a back issue. The doctors told her her spine would never operate. She'd never be able to breathe without pain. She was totally free, totally made well. She was totally set free and healed right there. It didn't happen because I was an evangelist or a guest speaker at their church. It happened because of the Word of God. You know, our job as ministers of the gospel is to train you to do the work of the ministry. You got the same Jesus that I have. You've got the same blood of the lamb that I have. You've got the same Bible that I have. And you've got the same authority that was delegated to you by the Father from heaven. But I know a lot of times we let fear hold us back. Fear of what other people will think. I've been past that for a while. (laughs) Psalm 149, 6 through 10, let the high praises of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hands to wreak vengeance upon the nations and chastisement upon the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written. He, the Lord, is the honor of all his saints. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, we have an assignment from heaven, and that is to take the territory of the enemy. And whenever you come against somebody, you usually, it, it usually gives the inference that you're on the same level with them, like two armies on the battlefield. But when you come upon somebody, you come from a higher position, a higher ground. We as the church are to come upon the enemy and to wreak vengeance on the enemy in his kingdom. We are to expel darkness anywhere we find it. It's kind of like a mop-up operation or, you know, we're dealing with uh, ISIS or Al-Qaeda or whoever. They, they kind of, they represent the enemy in the way the enemy likes to fight because they would never meet us on a battlefield. They would never even think about meeting us on a battlefield because they know that they would get overwhelmed and wiped out. So they hide and they use fear as a tactic. And it's the same way our enemy works. He uses fear because he knows if you get a revelation of who you are and the authority that you have, 
then his days are numbered and they're over in your life, in your family's life, in your community's life, and in this world's life. But fear has been holding us back for so long. We're afraid to say things like, Jesus, <laughs> hallelujah. You know, one time I was walking through a grocery store and the Holy Spirit was on me and he was like, just start praising me out loud. I'd like to say I started praising the Lord, but I was like, oh, Lord, they're going to think I'm one of those kooky guys. They're going to have me in a rubber room with a box of crayons. I'm not going to do that. What did I, I missed an opportunity. I should have been praising the Lord. Who knows? He could have showed up. There could have been a cleanup in aisle seven. All kinds of mugs laid out everywhere under the power of the Holy Spirit. But I guarantee you, the next time he tells me to start praising his name out loud, I'm going to do it. Amen? Luke eleven twenty one through 22. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor which he trusted and divides his spoils. Jesus defeated the enemy everywhere he went and he used this statement. It is written. When the enemy comes and tells you you're defeated, you're not going to make it, you need to tell him, devil, it is written, I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. When he comes and tells you that pain you have in your body is cancer and it's going to kill you, you need to tell him, devil, it is written, by his stripes I was healed. When fear comes on you, you need to say, it is written, devil, the love of God is in me and perfect love casts out fear. We need to start being offensive instead of defensive as a body of believers. We need to draw a line in the sand and tell the enemy enough. You're not having one more minute of my peace. You're not going to steal any more joy from me. You're not bringing any more division into my family. Your days are done. We need to make a declaration. You know, I was on my, on my way home, and I was praying, and I asked the Holy Spirit, what, what do you want to do here tonight? And he said two things. He wants to set some people free, and he wants to prophesy over some people. Because a lot of us are carrying with us wounds from words that were spoken to us. Some of those wounds have been there for a very long time. Because of what somebody said to you or about you. Maybe it's even family members. God wants to set you free tonight. He wants to heal your heart. Where there was pain, he wants to bring healing and wholeness. But you have to be open to, to let him do that. You know, I, when I was born again, I was in prison. And <laughs> I'll never forget the man who trained me in the ways of the Lord. He took me under his wing. He was a potato farmer. He was a retired potato farmer. He took me under his wing. He started to teach me the word of God. And I, I had gotten the concept down that I was born again, that my life was new that I was a new creation in Christ Jesus. And then he came in one day and he said something to me. 
that I could not believe at the time. He said, Mike, I believe the Lord has called you to preach the gospel. I said, amen, Brother Jim, amen. I thought, man, he done fall, fell off the wagon or something. Because I could understand God saving me. I understood I had that part down. I had prayed the prayer. I'd received forgiveness. I'd even been baptized with the Holy Spirit. But I could not imagine God would use somebody like me to represent him. I mean, I was a literal menace to society. I was straight up. I, I mean, I've got more felonies on my record than the phone books we rip in half on the conquerors. But God takes the weak things of the world to confound the mighty. He takes the insignificant things and he makes them significant. What the world despises, God treasures. We do a lot of prison ministry. We go in there and I tell them, I say, you guys are in a good spot because everybody locks up their valuables. God's got you locked up because he values you. Well, the enemy has had some of you locked up too. You may not have committed crimes. You may have been a perfect citizen, but he's got you locked up in some things too. And there's one person who has the key to your freedom. His name is Jesus Christ. So I feel like right now, it's time to let him move. So would everybody here just bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment? I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes because I want you to get alone with your heart. That place where you think nobody sees or hears what's going on. Nobody hears the inward conversations. But I'm here to tell you, he hears it. He sees it. And I want you to be honest with your own self for just a moment. Because here's the fact, one day, one way, every single one of us, we're going to leave these bodies. We're going to stand before God, creator of heaven and earth. He's not going to whip out cosmic scales, put all your church attendance and good deeds on one side, put all your sins and misconduct on the other side, see which one weighs out more. He's going to look every one of us directly in the eyes, and he's going to ask us one question, one question only. Do you know my son, and does my son know you? Not, have you been to church? Have you read the Bible? Have you prayed? Do you know my son? And does my son know you? And if you're honest in your heart and you say, yeah, I may know a lot about him, Mike, but I don't really know him. I haven't surrendered my heart to him. I haven't given my life to him. I've got good news for you. Tonight is your night. A simple prayer of surrender, a simple act of faith, and you can know the lover of your soul. So on the count of three, no one looking around, this is between you and the Lord. If that's you, you say, I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you're here and you walked with the Lord, but other things have come in and choked out the life of that walk and you've walked away, you've turned your back on him. You may still warm a church pew, but your heart is far from him. I'm here to tell you, he's calling you back. He's saying, come back to me, son. Come back to me, daughter. So if that's you in either of those conditions, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand and raise it high. One, two, three. Slip up your hands. I see those hands. see those hands. see those hands. Awesome. Raise them high. Awesome. I see that hand over there. Praise the Lord. I see that hand over there. 
You can put your hands down. All of you who raised your hands, repeat this prayer with me. Meet it in your heart, say it with your mouth. Church, you're welcome to join along with us. Say, dear Jesus, this night I give you my life. All that I am, all that I have, I surrender because I believe that you died for me, for my sin. And I have sinned, God, against you and against my fellow man. But tonight, I repent. I turn my back on living for myself. And from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. Jesus, Savior, and Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise. You made that decision, you made the best decision of your life, whether it's a first time or rededication. But God doesn't promise a life of ease. I can tell you personally, I've been a drug addict, a prisoner, an alcoholic. I'm now a man of God, travel the world. But this one thing hasn't changed. Life is still full of challenges and still full of difficulties. The only difference is instead of life having dominion over me, I now through Christ Jesus have dominion over life. And so do you. Whatever the challenge or the obstacle, you got a greater one in you. He's able to see you overcome. Now, let's get ready to take care of some other business. If you are in here and you have a bondage, I'm not going to name you, I'm not going to put you out in public, but you got a bondage, something that's been, been stealing the life from you, an addiction, it could be a habit, or if, you have, if you're in bondage to something, I want you to come up here right now. Come on up here. Come on. Encourage them, churches, they're coming forward. Come on. Come on up here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on up here. <laughs> Those of you who don't know me, I'm a little pushy. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is not going to release me to do any ministry because some pride is holding some of you in your seats. Do not let pride steal from you one day longer. Don't let it happen. There's something in your life that's heavier than you, that's got you. You know what I'm talking about. You need to be up here. Come on out of your seat and come up here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on up. There's nothing to be ashamed of from standing up here. Nothing. This is why the church exists right here. Right here for your freedom. 
your deliverance. Holy Spirit says there's still some people sitting around. I'm going to ask them for a word of wisdom and word of knowledge. I'm going to start calling you out. (laughs) So if you need to be up here, you need to get up here right now. (laughs) Come on. Come on. I hear the Holy Spirit saying there's two people specifically and you've been on the verge. Depression has got you so far down that you're on the verge of taking your own life. Come on up here right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's a couple more. Come on. That's right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We'll wait. This is your night. This is your night. That's right. (laughs) Oh, Holy Spirit. Stubborn bunch tonight. (laughs) All right, I'm just going to call it out. Some people are in some sexual bondage in this place. It's going to destroy you. It's going to destroy you. It's going to destroy your family. It is. Unless you get up here and get free from that bondage right now. Come on. Come on up here. Come on. Come on. I know this is a heavy one. I know. I know it's taboo and all that, but... God knows. Come on. Come on. Thank you for your courage. Thank you. Thank you. One last thing. If you have unforgiveness in your heart toward any person... I need you to come up here right now. Come on, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, right now, come on, out of your seat, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, there's some people you know you need to forgive right now. Come on up here. Come on. have a sickness or a disease and you need healing, come up here right now. Come on up here. Come on. fear has you in your seat, it's okay. The Lord still loves you. 
He wants your freedom more than he wants anything else. More than our comfort, more than anything, he wants our freedom. He paid the ultimate price so that we could live free. And this is a safe place, let me tell you. This church exists for this kind of stuff right here, to set people free. That's right, come on up here. Okay, everybody who's up here, let me ask you another question before we go any further. If anybody is here and you have someone or some people that you know you need to forgive, please raise your hand if you do. Okay. Okay. All right. The majority of everybody here. The majority of everybody here. Okay. Let me explain to you why that is important. You see, I can pray for you in faith. We're all in agreement. We're in an atmosphere of faith right now. can pray for you, and you can be delivered. You can be healed. You can be set free. But if you walk out of this church and you still harbor unforgiveness or bitterness in your heart, the enemy has a piece of real estate in you, and he can bring all that stuff right back. So we're just going to take care of this and get right to the root of the matter, okay? And I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying that when you choose to forgive and release these people, you're going to be delivered from your bondage and addiction. You're going to be healed of your sickness or modality. And the Lord is going to do a work in you simply by being obedient and choosing to forgive. Okay, now let me explain to you what forgiveness is and what it's not. When you choose to forgive somebody, it's not a feeling. You don't have to have warm fuzzies toward the person. If they did you wrong, what they did to you was not right, it's not right. Forgiving them is not saying it's okay what you did to me, but forgiving them is saying that I'm not gonna allow what you did to me rule my life anymore. You're not gonna have any more real estate in my thinking, in my heart or anything. I'm choosing to forgive you. Does everybody understand that? Okay, and you're still willing to forgive? Okay, now I wanna challenge you one more time. Are you willing to pray for them for the next 30 days. You're willing? I know it may start off with, bless them, Lord. (laughs) But as you begin to pray for them, the Lord is gonna do a work in your heart and he's gonna bring you to a place of offenselessness where you can't be offended anymore. That's, That's true freedom, walking in freedom. Okay, you can, you, can, you can encounter all kinds of trials and difficulties, but if you can walk and say, the Holy Spirit's got my heart so much that you can't offend me, that's in a good place right there. Okay, yeah. all right? So this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And when I get to the point where I say, I choose to forgive, then I want you to say their names and say it out loud, whoever it is. There's a lot of them, say them all. <laughs> Say them all. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. The realm of the spirit operates by words. And when you release them, you're not holding anything else in your heart anymore. And the Holy Spirit has free reign to do what he does best in you, which is to set you free, deliver you from bondage, heal your sickness, heal your disease, and lift the spirit of oppression. Because I sense that there's a lot of oppression here, that the spirit of heaviness has been on you. Okay, you ready? All right, church, if you have anybody you need to forgive, you can pray along with this too. You can receive freedom and healing where you're sitting. God understands if you're a scaredy pants, it's okay. You ready? Say, Father God, thank you that you love me so much. 
that your son died for me. I'm so thankful for you. Father, I want to be obedient to you. So right now, I make a decision. I choose to forgive. Say their names. Jesus, I commend them to you. I pray you bless them. I ask you to reveal yourself to them. And I ask you to heal their hurts. Bring them to a place of forgiveness. Just like you've brought me. I speak blessings over them. I speak life over them. I speak prosperity over them. In Jesus' name, amen. Ooh, let's give the Lord a round of applause, huh? Now I'm gonna pray a prayer over you and I wanna prophesy over you. A lot of times people get confused and they think prophecy is telling the future and that's that's a form of it but prophecy is speaking words of edification and building up over you and I know that many of you have been damaged by words but God wants to use his words to build you up so I want to prophesy over you I want to prophesy life over you okay you ready to receive ready to receive okay the spirit of the Lord says to you that you shall live and not die. You shall wax and grow strong in the courts of, of the king. You are welcome in his presence. You are welcome at the foot of his throne. And you are welcome to be seated in Christ Jesus next to him. I know the plans, says the Lord, that I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. I give you, instead of sickness and disease, I give you healing because it belongs to you, because you're my children. I give to you joy for strength because it is your heritage as a child of the King. I give to you peace in the place of stress, in the place of worry. I give to you my shalom because it is your inheritance in the Lord Jesus Christ. I give you my blood, my blood which washes you and cleanses you of all unrighteousness. And I give you my spirit who is, who is assigned to you to guide you, to speak with you, to commune with you, to flow in you, to flow through you. And every day you will experience my love for you because I love you, because you were fearfully and wonderfully created to bring pleasure to me and to those around you. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now let me pray one more prayer. I feel like the Holy Spirit is leading me to pray. And I want to address the spirit of death. You foul spirit of death, I break your power in the name of Jesus. Suicide, I break you in Jesus' name. By the authority of the name of Jesus, I command you to flee from every life in this room. You have no power here. You have no, pre- you have no ability to steal, kill, and destroy one more day, one more minute of any of these lives in Jesus' mighty name. Be free. For whom the Son made free is free indeed, and you are free in the name of Jesus. Amen.